but if they're they're not uh, um it was there these two these two families i mean experienced some incredible loss with their basements i mean totally almost totally um was there anybody else in here that that directly or indirectly experienced whether it be land or whether it be your home or anything just raise your hand real quick because we just want to be we had a couple over here right here could we just right here right over here all right Hi, Pam. We're not trying to embarrass you, but we're just, but there's a few other people. All right. Um, just as a church family, could we just right now just uh, just pray for God's uh, supernatural provision, breakthrough, um, Lord, right now. Lord, right now. Lord, we thank you for provision in the midst of hard times. Lord, just uncommon provision, supernatural provision, creative provision. Lord, favor um, with insurance companies, favor with uh, um, any type of government relief. Lord, uh, uh, Lord, we thank you for even church family stepping in and all of those types of things. But Lord, we're asking for breakthrough. Lord, whether it be people's land, property, uh, um, belongings, Lord, things that, that sometimes can take weeks and months to get back to normal. Lord, we just ask for just an accelerated process in Jesus' name. In Je- and Lord, even as we're praying right now, we pray for our city and the surrounding communities and cities. Lord, you know that things like this affect the economy and businesses and all of these things. And Lord, we're just, we, one, we thank you that you have blessed this area and we are asking for continued blessing. Lord, what the enemy means for harm, Lord, that you turn around and use it for good in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then we're just, just a few people come over here by Jen Hewen, and we're just want to pray. Uh, Jen uh, leads our youth, and we're going to pray um, for the youth as they, uh, as they go to camp. Just to, yeah, don't, don't be shy. Just get up. Boop. Yep. And right there. There we go. <laughs> All right. We pray for them, and, and, and actually, this is kind of a, an exclamation point on, on Jen Hewen and Mike and, and their team as a, she is transitioning out of youth and, and, and really just felt that, that transition, but is there's also they're saying, Lord, what's next here? Within this church, by the way, but, but just, Lord, what, what's the next thing? And so I want to bless them, and what's going to happen is, for the, at least for the short term, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the youth with the team and we're putting that together and uh, and we're just just saying lord what do you want to do what's next but can we just not only bless her but then those kids need to their socks need to be just rocked right off this right they just need to uh, i'm just i have if anyone's ever been to camp when you're a kid you're like there's always that night where there's freedom and there's always that night where there's holy spirit come and, and get them and so i'm just saying holy spirit get them this week right now in jesus name fresh anointing and fresh power over jen and and her husband and and for the those that, that help them and lord we also just we just ask that you would just encounter those kids Lord, we just thank you for for nine youth that are going to camp and that are going to come back changed we thank you for the testimonies we're going to hear even next week and lord we just love you for that we agree and believe for breakthrough and for freedom over those kids for holy spirit and filling in jesus name and lord i thank you we bless the Hewans and their team for uh, forever, just uh, actually years of sowing into those youth. And, uh, we, and so we bless them for that. And we also just thank you for what's next, even though it might even be a little foggy right now, what the, what the next looks like. But Lord, we know that, that the best is yet to come, that next is your best. 
And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Um, hey, in, in all of that, um, I did want to uh, just... There, um, there's going to be continual needs for some of these uh, flood victims, and you'll hear things. That it may be that you're able to give financially. It may be that there will be meals to be made and things. It's going to take a while. Sometimes the emergency is over, and then we kind of go back to our own life, and they're still hurting. And so we're going to just kind of stay aware of some of those things. Um, but in the immediate, there were, there were just... Um, lots of just well a good handful of people that helped out and I'm not going to remember everybody that was there I mean the the night when when water was literally up to our waist in Carolyn's basement and things are floating and you're just like and and I don't even want to describe but it but you know and we're there and we're saving some stuff and throwing away most things those big roll-off dumpsters like we're like not only her but the Bruce's I mean we probably filled two of those I mean, it's just, just incredible, and, and so we had people like, like um, I think Pastor Greg volunteered time for, I think, I think five days in a row, six days in a row, I don't know, and it was, um, you had like Hannah Sanford, like, like there the, the whole time, um, had, I, mean, I think Joanna showed up at least three or four times, and, and the Hewans were there a couple nights, in fact, one night, the Hewans uh, watched kids here so other people could go and volunteer, I mean, it was just, and, and then, I mean, and then there was just, there was a bunch of other people that were able to show up for just a, for a, a, a time slot here and a time slot there, and I just, can we just, just say thank you to our church family to show up and love those people in, uh, in a time of need. We just, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much. And there's going to be more opportunity. And so if you feel that in your heart, there, even in a couple of weeks, we're going to have another, another work project and probably at the Bruce's and things like that. And it, would you just pay attention? And if the Lord would give you at least a time slot or two to be able to come and, and help, that would be, that would be awesome. And um, hey, you know what? I, 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 I still want to do this right before I preach. Um, Josh McDell, would you just would you come here real quick? We've been in a uh, we we started doing a reading plan as a church, and uh, I think this last week we've been in Galatians. Um, it's called the Read Scripture Plan, and uh, we've we've got paper copies. And if there's not paper copies uh, are still available, uh, Leslie can make some of those. But there's all there's also an app just called Read Scripture app and josh has has been doing that and posting things in our online facebook group and i just said would you pick one and share and i've still got to preach today by the way i'm just saying so so i'll give you i'll give you i'll give you three minutes (laughs) jeez (laughs) okay and i'll stand by you (laughs) oh thanks well i'll sit by you how about that okay good morning so before I hit on that, um, I just want to kind of affirm something that, that happened this morning. Yesterday morning, uh, I was doing a, a Bible study in Genesis 2, and the very beginning of it is where God rested from his creation, from, from doing all the creating things. And, and the emphasis was, was he created that, that day to be holy, and the rest was very important. Now, God didn't have to rest but he did that as an example for us. Last night, I was doing a devotion as I was getting into bed, and it was all about uh, the busyness that we go through, our cell phones, our, our technology, the emails, all the stuff that we have to do. And once again, it was on rest, resting in God. And then Kathleen comes up here, 
and says stuff about resting. And everything that we've been going through here in Kearney with all of that, I think rest is kind of something that we need to know as a church, as a community, as individuals, that sometimes we just need to take it easy and rest. There's importance in that. And that we need to let God be able to, to handle the stuff that we can't. Now, with that, uh, what it was, three, three weeks ago or so, Jonathan came up to me and said, as, as I walked into church, and said, hey, um, have you been doing the scripture reading? And this was my moment to be truthful or to throw out something else. A lie. Yes, thank you. So I was truthful and said, um, no, I actually haven't been. And, uh, and so with that, um, it kind of hit me hard when he asked me that. I came in, and, and, and he, he said, I was just going to have you share something if you were. And uh, I said, okay, um, not a big deal. So I came in and sat down. It was while we were still in the, in the circular group, and I sat over here, and they got the music going and, and was, was playing songs, and was singing and all that kind of stuff, and I just, I just I had to sit down. Because something was stirring inside me that, hey, you had an opportunity here, and um, and it, it had to pass by you. Not that not that I'm trying to throw it all on me. I'm just saying that um, it was it was weighing hard on me that I wasn't following what my pastor suggested that we do, and so. I sat over there. I sat down while everybody else was was kind of singing and, and doing their thing, and it just it just kept hitting me hard. And and I had I had a, I was struggling worshiping uh, God that morning, and I didn't like that feeling. So the Holy Spirit just kind of got within me and said, "You need to start doing this stuff. You need to follow the pastor's lead because I've put him here to lead this church." And that's, that's something that I think. Many of uh, many of people, many of the people in churches today, sort of struggle with. They'll they'll come away with um, with with kind of what the, the pastor says or what they're leading them to do, and they just kind of go, "Oh, okay, I might do that and I might not." But here's the thing, you know, Pastor Jonathan, he's been put in place. Pastor Kelly has been has been put in place. We've got several pastors all along this this community of Carney in America, all over the world, and yet we still make a decision. Do we follow their lead? And as long as I've known Pastor Jonathan here, I have seen him be a man who tries to follow Jesus, who tries to be the example of Jesus. And no, he's, he's not perfect, but he's trying to be. He's trying to live in that example. And you know what? I, I want to follow where he's, he's trying to lead because I think he's trying to lead me to Jesus as best as possible. I think he's trying to lead everybody to Jesus as best as possible. So I started getting more into this scripture reading plan, and I've got some of the longest comments on there. Uh, so it might, it might take a while to, to, to read on that stuff, but uh, I enjoy getting into this word. I enjoy what, what God has to say to me, and I just want to encourage you, if, if you're not a part of that, if you have Facebook, Get on there and do it. 
if you don't have Facebook, follow the, follow the reading plan, the printed out sheet or, or whatever, and then, you know, discuss it with people. There, there's power in that. There's knowledge in that, and there is growth in that. Um, when we were singing up here just a little while ago, um, the words on the screen, as Becky was, was leading it, she kept saying, it's so much better your way. And, and the words were, it's so much better this way. But she, she was seeing so much better your way. And I think that, that was personalization of, of her worship within that. And that's the truth. When we, give, when we give that stuff directly to God and we can, we can go from maybe some of, the, some of the words that's on the screen to, to personalizing it, you know, this worship, this, 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 this reading, whatever, is so much better your way, God's way, then it really, it really brings to life... Um, things. You, you mind if I move that? Sorry. My Bible is a little bit bigger than yours, so I, I apologize about that. Yeah. I, I've got it memorized. There you, so. I'm glad you do. Wow. So, last week, uh, Jonathan was talking about kind of a touchy subject that we have in America today. And uh, some some stuff that was really hard to swallow for for many people, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Is is when we take what our pastors say, and we we go well, maybe I agree with that, maybe I don't. That's where it c- kind of can become a little iffy, and we can take this this Bible, whatever size it may be, and and go, do I agree with that, or do I want to mark that out and say, no, nah, I don't know about that, or, or try to change it. Um, God has blessed our pastors. He's blessed our teachers with the gift of the Holy Spirit in that they should be able to understand what, what God's Word is, is really saying and what we need it to say. So last week, he was talking about some of the, the sin that we face and some people don't want to call it sin. But what he was saying was for God. It was, it, was, it was God's words. He was explaining it probably just like Jesus would. And he had to say that with boldness. And we just started our study in, in Galatians. And in the first chapter of Galatians, Paul is, 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 is telling these people, he says, Verse 10, for, for am I now trying to win the favor of people or God? Or am I striving? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ. Sometimes we just need to be bold. And we need to stand up for what is true. Yes, people have their opinions. People make their decisions. But we still need to live by God's word. We still need to live by what our pastors are directly teaching us. If they're wrong, and we find it in the Bible where they're, they're teaching us wrong, yeah, we do need to speak with them and ask them about that. But we, we can't be afraid to offend some people. There are There's this, this whole... Um, hey, don't judge me, kind of uh, 
thing in the air of some people. No, you're not supposed to judge me. You're not supposed to judge me. Well, actually, if you read Scripture, for other Christians, we are supposed to judge their actions. We are supposed to see what they do, and then if, if they're messing up, we're supposed to go to them and, and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. We've got to call them out on it. And there's, there's, a, there's a way we do that. You know, if they don't listen, we need to bring somebody else with them. And after that, we bring them to the church and, and stuff. But, you know, the, the, we, we are supposed to judge what other people are doing, their actions, and ourselves. We have to be bold about that because we need to be pleasing God, not just other people and giving in to their opinions. So that's, that's kind of what God's been sharing with me. Um, just living more and more for him, not just for other people, not just for myself, but being changed, changed over into, into who he wants me to be. So thank you for your time. Hey, Josh, thank you so much. That's awesome. Preacher. Yeah. Come on. That's good. Actually, my, my message today is do judge. I'm not, not lying. That's the title of my message, do judge. <laughs> So thanks, thanks for uh, setting that up for me here. Hey, right before I get started, um, what's that? Yeah, I'll get uh, Olympia and James Trambley had a baby girl, Jan- Jasmine Victoria, Thursday, uh, uh, July 11th at 2.33 in the morning while I was asleep, um, 20 inches long, 6 pounds, 15 ounces. The, the, is, oh, look at that. Oh, come on. We, we say that every time, but that's, that's how we grow our church right there. So, hey, let me, uh, let me just share a few thoughts with you guys uh, this morning. Romans, Romans uh, chapter 2, uh, we're entitling it, Do Judge. Uh, here's the thought today. Judging others is complicated and only truly works when I walk in humility and love. Judging others is complicated and only truly works when I walk in humility and love. Let me just, um, I'm just going to focus on the uh, first few verses of, of Romans chapter 2 and, and then give you some thoughts um, today that maybe might help and then, you, and then, we'll, um, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here. So Romans chapter 2, it starts out this, and, and, and just um, again, if you weren't here last week, in context... Paul is writing this letter to the Romans and he's, he's wanting to get there. He's wanting to get to Rome and he's, been, he's kind of been hindered quite a bit of getting there. And so he, instead of, uh, and he, he's probably going to end up there in his mind, but he's like, if I, if I don't end up in Rome, let me just write everything I know about God and theology and salvation and everything. Let me just put it into one letter and then you can have that. And so Romans ends up becoming one of the, one of the, the most theology-packed um, letters of Paul that we even have because he's like if I don't get there you got to know this stuff and uh, one of the big things that you find in the church in Rome um, and I talked a little bit last week so you can um, you can listen to that if you want is that the there were Gentiles and Jews in the same congregation it was it was it was mixed um, between both of them 
Um, and at this point, the, the Jews were, were thinking, wait, this church has become quite a bit Gentile. And, and they're just, how, do I, how do we um, kind of go back? To, and what should we hold on to? And, and what's okay? And the Gentile. And they're kind of going. So Paul's trying to, to weave, kind of weave between all of these different concepts between Jews and Gentiles. Um, and so even in this chapter, this whole idea of judging is really between them within their congregation of judging each other. So it, this, watch what, what Paul says here in verse 1. He says, he says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment, watch, do the same things. And, and you, may, you may think, well, gosh, like I'm, I'm passing judgment on that big sin over there that that person's doing. I'm, I'm not doing the same thing as them. And, and yet in Paul's mind, he's thinking, he's thinking, you're doing this gross sin, and they're doing this gross sin, and, uh, and, and so you're trying to call that out, and yet, and yet hold on, hold on, because God's getting ready to call that out in you. I was, my, my, two, two, my two older daughters the other day, uh, I mean, one, one starts crying and says, says, so-and-so did blah, blah, blah to me, blah, blah, you know, waterworks and, and, uh, and goes down, downstairs. And then the other one comes up and is like, she hit me and blah, 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 whatever. And, and they're sitting there. I'm like, you hit her? You actually hit her and you said that? And I'm looking at both of them. And guess who was right? Neither one. I'm like, I said, all right, that was wrong and that was wrong. It cancels each other out. Get out of my face. <laughs> Paul, Paul's saying, you both, you're like, you're passing judgment and you're doing the same stuff. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is what? Based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt, watch, for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? In other words, he's wanting to show this to you. He's wanting to pour that out on you. And yet you're so concerned with trying to, to judge somebody else you're doing the same thing, and you're actually showing contempt to the type of kindness God's wanting to show to you. In fact, it says this here. Watch. In fact, you've probably, you've probably heard this verse, but it's been a little bit out of context. Not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Lead who to repentance? Yeah, lead you to repentance. We often use that focusing on somebody else, and yet Paul's saying, hey, you, this is literally what's happening imagine Paul writing this letter to an individual and, that, and he's saying, you're trying to lead them to repentance and yet God's kindness is trying to lead you to repentance and it can't because you're so focused on them, you're doing the same thing, this isn't working here and you're not even experiencing the kindness of the Lord which is designed to actually lead you to repentance. And watch, we're gonna find out that if, if you can be led to repentance, oh man, now from that place you're going to be able to minister to that person who needs it. He's like, you got things out of order here. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath 
when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. Will he, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. That's not a good day. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. thought we'd just do like two weeks in a row of like Holy Spirit goosebump messages, right? <laughs> Someone said, well, but wait a minute, you know, the Bible says don't judge, right? And that's kind of what Paul's saying here in a, in a sense. He's like, he's like, don't judge. But you know, most of the places where, where the Bible kind of emphasizes the, the don't judge, he's talking to a group that absolutely should not be judging. He, he's talking to some people that's like, hey, you have no business judging that person until you can like, could you walk in righteousness yourself? Could you get things right? And we, we get to this place where we are so desensitized to our own sin that we actually feel like we're walking in some sort of a righteousness and we're really not. I mean, there, there's people that, that, uh, that have been so caught up in a lifestyle of gossip that it, 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 they, it's almost become this thing that, that it doesn't even, it's not even sin anymore in their mind. This is just, this is just like, uh, uh, you know, uh, this is just our prayer group, you know? No, that's not gossip. It's, I'm, just, I'm just telling the truth. It'd be gossip if I wasn't telling the truth. This is just the truth. You're like, well, I could do a whole sermon on gossip, by the way. But, I mean... I mean, ask yourself if you're adding value to that person's life or not, you know, right? And, I mean, no, this isn't, this isn't gossip. This is the, whatever. And, you know, this is just, we're just, we're just sharing. I'm just, ve- <laughs> I'm just venting. Anyone done that? No, no. This is just, I need to have a person that I can just, you know, I just got to get it off my chest, you know, whatever. I, you know, you get it off your chest and you're doing good. And that person's got, is carrying a load now. And, oh my goodness. And we, I'm just picking on that particular one because it's so easy, right? For us to, to be caught up in the sin. In fact, he lists, lists gossip among like other places. Oh, I don't know, witchcraft and sexual immorality and homosexuality. I mean, all this. He's like, he lists that. And we're like, no, 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 no. I judge those people. I'm doing good before the Lord. And he's like, hey, you're a gossiper. Get right with God right now. Just like we're wanting these people to get right. That, can I just, is that okay for me to say? Hopefully, because I just did. We're like, man, you know, the Bible says don't judge. And, and, and really, the Bible talks more about, if we read it in context, it's more about us um, actually judging people than not judging. We take some of these scriptures. Do you guys remember Matthew 7, 1? And it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. And people, uh, man, the world knows that verse by heart, probably more than John 3, 16, by the way. People, the people know that verse. Don't judge. They're like, the Bible says it. Don't judge. Most people are like, like don't judge me because they're, they're just, uh, they're wanting to be able to, to keep doing what they're doing. The interesting thing is that verse in context, Matthew 7 and 1, it says, don't judge or you too will be judged. 
For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what's Jesus actually saying? He's like, be, be careful here. Be careful here, uh, because if you judge, you too will be, will be judged. In other words, I need to get to a place before God that if, I'm, if I am, and we talk, we're going to talk in a few minutes, out of humility and love, if I get to this place before God where, I, where I'm able to, to now judge a brother or sister, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I'm opening myself up to also be judged back. I mean, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. This isn't a flippant thing. Oh, Pastor Jonathan said we can judge people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to be judged as well. If you want to open up yourself to be judged as well. I, I'm saying as, as mature followers of Jesus, we really need to get to that place where we are as a, as a body. Maybe we, let's use a better word. Maybe, maybe uh, holding each other accountable to greatness. Really, really, we're saying, hey, that's not who you really are. Oh, man, I'm, I'm seeing these actions and the fruit of your life. That's not, God's called you higher than that. God's called you to greatness. And, and, we're not, and so out of that place of humility and love, we, 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 we judge the fruit and the actions, and we're also inviting it back that someone else could come up to me and say, Pastor Jonathan, privately in your office, no one else around. It's like, hey, I've noticed this thing. What do you think about that? I, like, I feel like you're, I feel like you're called to greatness. And usually, we've got kind of the two groups. We got the "Don't Judge Me" group. That they want to just keep keep doing what they're doing. What's right for for you may not be right for me. By what standard can an imperfect person judge another imperfect person? Right, and we're just. The, all of that. There's no moral absolutes. You got the other group of people that, well, I thought I was the sin and poor character police, right? And they're on the other end of the spectrum, and these people make it their mission in life to point other, out other people's faults. They're, they're motivated by people's bad behavior instead of their greatness. God's agents to keep the standard of the Bible in an environment and to hold people to it. I, I think, well, man, what kind of example could we follow to, to really do this thing, this hard work of, of the gospel and, and really, yes, to judge the body of Christ? Where do, we, where do we go with this? Well, I mean, we're going to start to see here in just a few minutes that Paul, Paul did a pretty good job of this. He was, when you read Paul's letters, you're like, you're like whoa, 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 Paul. That, that, was, that was a lot of hard words right there. Back off just a little bit. In fact, we see this 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 9. He says this. He says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. At, at some level, that's, that's judging because you're, you're like, that person's sexually immoral and that one's not. So you're you're judging. Verse 10, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral. Do you, do you hear what he said? He, he, he's saying, this is about our family. This is about the church family. This is about the body of Christ. Like, he's like, leave the judging of the people in the world to me. Like, I, I liked what one preacher said one time, sinners are supposed to sin. It's the saints who are oftentimes more sinful than the sinning sinners who sin that we need to worry about.
Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or the swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world, he says. But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone, oh, watch this, who claims to be a brother or sister but is sexually immoral, greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. He's like, so if they're in the world doing that, like, well then, man, by all means, by all means, be around them so that you can win them to Christ. If they claim to be a believer and are caught up in a lifestyle like this and, and calling what's right wrong, what's wrong right, if, if, they're, if they claim to be, he says, he's like, no, we don't even, don't even eat. Don't even eat with that person. Isn't that like some hard words? I'm glad he said it, not me, because I might, I might lose my job if I said that. These people are, are chuckling a little bit under their roof. That's funny, but I don't want to laugh too loud because then they'd know I was the one laughing. Verse 12. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. And if you, if you know 1 Corinthians in context, we did a whole series on that. There, there was a man who was sleeping with his stepmom, and Paul's like, yeah, no, gotta go gotta go and if you if you know the whole story second corinthians comes along and uh, that that man had found repentance and, and the lord and then had come back into the to the body of believers and so um, so praise god for that so here let me just give you a couple of things and we'll be out um when is it appropriate to judge others when is it appropriate to judge other, others uh, for, number one when i'm humbled by awareness when I'm humbled by awareness, in fact, there was a whole sermon, there was, there was a whole sermon series we did, oh, I don't know, I, it, was, it was maybe four or five years ago, and we, we called it Mythbusters, and one of the myths was, was we're not supposed to judge people, and so, I, I, so that was, some of those thoughts, if, I don't know if, you were, if any of you remember that series, because it was great, right? Everyone remembers the sermons we preach, right? Right, Nye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humbled by awareness. Matthew 7, verse 3 and 5. Now, these come after Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2, right? We just read those a couple minutes ago. Don't judge, lest you be judged, for with the judgment of you, they'll be judged back to you. And then, and then watch this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust? We mentioned this verse last week. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In other words, the goal here is to be able to remove the speck. But you can't do it if you've got a plank. And so what's, what, what's, what, do, we, what do we need to do? Well, we, this, this whole humbled by awareness. I, I've got to realize, you know that, that we will always have, at some level, we will always have a plank. Do you know, at some level on this earth, on this side of eternity, we will always have a plank. There will always be something in our eye. And so we have to walk in, in humility. There has to be this, I'm humbled by the awareness that I am also broken. 
that I, that I have stuff that daily, I, the Bible says to take up your cross daily. There's probably at some level a daily confession of, of man, I, I did this, I said that, I was, you know, sin is, in fact, the word sin comes from an archery term that, that means just to miss the mark. If you had a bullseye and there was a, a right in the, in the middle, you see that, you know, the, uh, uh, and, and if, you, if you hit the mark, that's righteousness. And if you're even just a little bit off the mark, that's called sin. And if, you, if you're like me and you throw the darts and they end up at the next house, like, that's, that's big sin. And then there's little sin. That's big sin. And in God's eyes, it's all missing the mark. It's all missing the mark, right? And he's like, could you please? Could, in fact, so if I'm going to, using the word that the Bible uses, if I'm going to judge the, the body, I've got to first go before the Lord and say, Lord, like David, would you search me and know me? Would you see if there's any wickedness in me? Would you lead me in the way everlasting? Lord, I, there might even be things I'm unaware of. There might even be thought processes. What if you, what if, like, like the example I said of gossip before, what if you're caught up in a lifestyle of gossip and you didn't even realize it was gossip? Wouldn't you like to know? Say, Lord, would you, would you reveal something to me? Would you let me know if I'm off? I want to be, be led in the, the, the way of righteousness. I want to be hitting the bullseye more often than not. It's in that place of humility, of self-awareness with the Lord where you allow Holy Spirit to just, to just say, yeah, hey, let's, let's, let's take care of that. And, and as you go to that place, then we're able to see clearly to help somebody else. since we have this distorted perspective where we're really at some level always having a plank in our eye, we need to either be very humble or else leaving the judging to somebody else like God. It, it, it hits me personally because I, I tend to do a, um, a fair amount of counseling or, or one-on-ones with people and things and people come to the pastor for help because evidently, you know, I've I don't know. I've got more anointing than everybody else or something, right? I don't know. It's not true. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of, at some level, maybe there's some skills or maybe whatever, and, and people come to me um, for all kinds of things, and, it, and it's great, and I love to do it. It's one of my favorite things is to, is to help people in a time of need like that. Um, but, you know, sometimes I walk away from those times, and I think, oh, I am such a fraud, Sometimes, sometimes I've walked away like out of a marriage counseling time. And I'm just I'm like, man, I, I had all of the wisdom in the world for that couple. Saved their marriage, right, probably. And I'm driving home and I'm like, oh, that would have been a good idea to use with my wife. <laughs> probably should, maybe I should have, maybe I should do that too. That's a good, that might be a good idea. Maybe I should save my marriage. <laughs> right, there's times when, when I'm, humbled by awareness <laughs> that and so if i were to wait until i'm just perfect to help somebody else then it's then then you guys are going to be be waiting for a long time <laughs> but if i could walk into those situations saying man i'm on a journey too I'm on a journey too and I'm, and I'm presenting myself before the Lord just like I'm asking you to and here's some thoughts and here's some wisdom and I'm probably going to take that and use it at home as well. Does that make sense? 
That's that first place. Man, if we want to be at, at any place, like a family, like the body of Christ, where we're supposed to be holding each other accountable and, and really judging fruit and actions because we're, we're holding people to, the, to greatness. Like you were called for greatness. If we want to be there, we first got to be humbled by awareness. And the next thing, the, the last thing, is we've got to be motivated by love. We need to be humbled by awareness and we need to be motivated by love. I love Paul's thoughts. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says this, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. In other places, it says love ne- never fails. We've got to be motivated by love. And I see that perfectly. Man, 1 Corinthians, that whole book, you're reading that and you're like, man, it's almost like the the father takes the kid out to the woodshed and just wails on him like you'll never forget this that almost feels like that in first corinthians if you don't understand paul's heart well what's paul's heart his heart comes out in second corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 he says for i wrote you he's talking about his letter his first corinthians letter he says for i wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears not to grieve you but to let you know the depth of my love for you when was the last time you, quote unquote, judged somebody and there were tears? There was depth of anguish. There was, uh, this hurts me more than it hurts you, right? There was, where, 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 where was the last time that, that, that as the body of Christ, it, like you really like, like I, I don't want to share this with them, but I have to because I love them so much. I have to because I see their destiny. I see the calling. I see, the, I see what God's calling them to and they're living well below that and I love them and, and there's, there's tears and even if you're one, like, like maybe you don't cry tears, but if you could, if you, could you would and they're just there and it's that level of, but most of the time, that's not where we're at. Most of the time, our motives are selfish. Someone offended us. Their poor choices affect me and the environment I'm in. We're motivated by keeping a safe environment, free from sin, poor choices, or any mess that could affect other people. We're not motivated by their greatness. We're motivated by their poor behavior. It's like my girls that are tattling. <laughs> I'm like, like when, when one of my girls comes to me and, and, uh, and, and wants to share about another person uh, you know, in the family, I'm like, I'm like, like is this, are, are you tattling right now? Like, is that what this is right now? No, no, this isn't, no, this isn't tattling. Like, I, I, sometimes I say this to, to, to them, the, the, especially the two older ones. Now, the, the youngest one, She's starting to, to catch on a little bit. She's two, and she's got a, she's a, a, got a vast vocabulary for a two-year-old. One of, one of the phrases that she says is, her so rude. <laughs> I don't know where she got that. Her so rude. Are you tattling, Lydia? I don't know. But the two older ones get it. One of the things I say you know, when, when they're tattling, I'm like, I'm like, hey, what would you like Daddy to do about this? Well, I don't, I don't know. Hey, will you, do you want me to just, you want me to get them in trouble? Oh, well, no. Oh, what were you wanting to, what were you wanting me to do about that then? What were you, what did, what was the, what was the motive there? Well, I just thought you should know. Oh, okay. Because most of the time, it's not motivated by their greatness. It's motivated by their badness. 
I was just kind of doing two-year-old talk there. Well, what if we, what if we actually loved people? What if when we felt led to confront an issue or judge a person's behavior, it was actually motivated by deep love and compassion for them? In fact, if it's not, if it's not motivated by that, you're probably not the one that should confront or judge. If it's not, if there's, if, if, if there's some other motivation besides deep love and compassion and, and motivated by their greatness, you, you might not be the one. In fact, that might be your plank. That might be your plank. You're just offended by a lot of people. You tend to run on offense. You tend to be motivated by other people's poor behavior in the news, in the workplace, in the church, and, and you tend to have anxiety or whatever because of somebody else, and it tends to, tends to be, to a lot of your conversation tends to be around that and everything. That might be your plank. It might be that you need to figure out a way to repent for that, to literally cry tears over your own sin of that so that now we can remove the speck of somebody else. We need accountability in the body of Christ. We absolutely do. It's just that we've limited our accountability to keeping people from something. We want to keep them from, from sinning. We want to keep them from bad things. And, and what if in addition to that type of accountability, what if we were also keeping people accountable to something? That we were holding people accountable to their prophetic destiny and to greatness. And, and, uh, and so I am I'm calling us to another level of accountability in the body of Christ that we say, hey, man, you were called to greatness and I want to hold you to it. When I first understood this principle, and Pastor Kelly and your team, you could come. When I first started to understand this principle, and by the way, I'm on a journey too, guys. Uh, I was in Iowa, and uh, I was leading a, a ministry, a church-based discipleship program called Master's Commission, and, um, and uh, you know, we had a lot of rules and, and things, and it was discipleship, and, and, uh, and I was pretty committed to the rules and, and holding people to that and all this, and, and I just remember... I remember a few years later, I, I was done. I think I was in, I think I was living in Cedar Rapids. Des Moines, Iowa was where I led that, that discipleship program. And it was Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where, where I was at my uncle's ministry for a short time. And I was kind of detoxing off of my time in master's commission. And, and I remember the Lord ministering to my heart. And it wasn't that what I was holding these kids accountable to was wrong. It was that I was motivated by their poor behavior instead of by their greatness. And I literally got on the phone with a handful of them and repented. And I could hear them sobbing on the other end of the line. Because in order for me to really be in that place of, of holding people to their greatness and, and even, even calling out sin and poor choices, in order for me to really be at that place, man, I've got to be motivated by love. And i got to be motivated by humility and, and 
Does that make sense? So, that, the title of my message was Do Judge, and it was kind of a, I, 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 I told Leslie what the title was, and she didn't laugh, and I laughed, and I said, I thought that was funny. But, but if I were to do a subtitle, Do Judge, if your heart's in the right place, if you're walking in humility, if you care about somebody's greatness, go ahead and do judge. And the body of Christ, leave the world to God right now. Sinners are supposed to sin. We're going we're gonna to recognize behavior. We're going to hold a standard up. and We're, we're not going to tell, tell the world, oh, that's okay. But, but as far as judging, let the, let the righteous judge judge the world and let us hold the body of Christ accountable to greatness. How about that? Does that sound good? Let's, let's stand this morning as we close out in a song in just a few minutes we'll have some altar workers there's so many needs in here and you may just feel like you just need somebody to stand with